You're listening to the Ambitious Mama Podcast, and I'm your host, Krista Rialba. Hey, hey, mamas, it's Krista Rialba here, and I am back with another episode of the Ambitious Mama Podcast. Every episode, my intention is to empower you, to connect you with that feeling, with that inspiration of, I've got this, I can do this, you know, and today, this conversation with Denise O'Reilly, who is my new friend, and I totally love our conversations together. It's about becoming more empowered in becoming self-sufficient, growing your own food, maybe even just having fun with the idea. So whether you're a curious gardener, maybe you've gotten your hands dirty, you're just starting to explore, or maybe even you're an experienced gardener, I think you're going to have a lot of fun listening to this conversation. Denise has so much experience um, and she really breaks it down in such a practical way. And even myself now in my garden, you know, season two, I'm feeling so much more confident after this conversation. So Denise O'Reilly, she has um, over two decades of experience of organic gardening, of, you know, becoming self-sufficient, growing your own food and all the things that go with that. And her and her family, they have a company called Abunar Seeds. So if you're looking for really great seeds and also advice um, and planning for your garden, she is your lady. She is the seed lady. So without further ado, let's get our gardening gloves on or maybe think about it (laughs) and let's listen to this episode. Talk soon. All right. Welcome, everyone. I'm here with my friend Denise O'Reilly on St. Patrick's Day. And yes, she is Irish, as am I. Maiden name McClellan, actually, Irish-Scottish mix. Um, So I want you guys to meet Denise. And this conversation, I feel, is going to be very timely whenever you listen to it. But if you are listening to it in the season that we are in, it's going to be great timing for you to maybe get your hands dirty this year. So um, Denise, she supports people to become self-sufficient by growing their own food. This is really important for us to learn and to know about investing in their health and cultivating rich communities. So welcome, Denise. I'm so happy to have you here. How are you doing? So happy to be here. Thank you, Krista. I appreciate what you do for people as well. (laughs) I'm so excited. I am like the newbie, super excited gardener who, uh, thanks to COVID, totally dived in last summer, and um, and it was so funny because you know being a like, being a teenager watching my mom garden, I was just like, oh, like do I have to help, you know? And now I'm like so so exciting to see things grow, and it's um it's such a beautiful. I think it's so good for the soul. It's so nourishing. I totally get it now. I get it, and I want to know Denise. So I want to know more about your story and what got you on the path that you're on um, to empower people to become self-sufficient in in every way, especially in growing their own food. Tell us about your journey. Well, it I guess it started, um, we when I was a kid, we were in Edmonton. It was, um, you know, my parents were from the 60s, not that they were hippie-ish, but they were from the farm, both of them. So they moved to the city to get full-time work but they always had a garden. We always had a garden there. We were always back and forth to the farm where their parents were still very active, of course. 
Um, it's we're on the homestead piece of my great grandfather. So he homesteaded here in 1914. And so there's a lot of history here. Our family has always kind of done that. And um, not that they have done the seed saving part, which is kind of where we've gone, but um, I always had my own gardens. I saw the importance of growing our own food. I mean, the taste you can't compare with, can't, sure. Can't beat it. And of course, there's lots to be said about nutritional value of food that gets right fresh out of the garden versus stored in the supermarket for ages and ages, as we know. Yeah. But um, so when I grew up with that, we always had a huge garden. When I moved away, got married, we were in Kelowna. My husband and I lived there for a bit. I, of course, night and day as to gardening as you guys are in, from us in Alberta. Um, the season was long enough to have some things go to seed. And that was when I went, oh, like, what's this? You know, it's, we saved peas and beans and that kind of thing, but nothing like Swiss chard or cabbages or anything like that. So um, that kind of opened my eyes, but that at the same time, what was happening in the seed movement was that Monsanto was controlling a lot of seed. I saw that part of it for farmers that all of a sudden they start to step in and say, no, you can't save your own seed. It belongs to us. And I just went, no, seed doesn't belong to any one company. It belongs to everybody. And it's as much a right as food and air and water and freedom and everything else. Yeah. So that kind of set me on the path to seed saving and sharing those seeds with others. Um, and then it's just kind of grown from there. So. Wow. I mean, I think I watched a documentary or something about this, but it's all very vague, this information. So where where is it at right now in terms of, we won't go too far deep into this, but with Monsanto, where are they at now in terms of controlling seed? So of course, Monsanto um, can't patent natural seeds. That has never been a thing that they could do. So what they have done is to alter the seeds in some way in the lab to allow them to then patent that technology that's in the seed. And that has always been the genetically modified piece of mm. Monsanto. Um, there's other companies that do that as well, but what happened a few years ago, and this was 2003-ish, and it's continued is that companies like Monsanto and Bayer and DuPont have gotten involved because the chemical growing and the seed goes hand in hand. So they have all these inter uh, corporate relationships with each other where um, they have patents together or they have kind of conglomerated to the point where Bayer owns Monsanto now. Um, and they own a lot of the seed that gets put out there. Um, even to home gardeners, they say, oh no, these aren't for home gardeners, they're for commercial growers which is even more problematic because that's where all of our food is coming from. Oh. So a lot of people don't know the part about that. Um, there is natural ways of improving seed, which I totally agree with. So not all seed that says hybrid is necessarily a GMO seed, but could it come about from a natural cross in some way? And that's all good. It's when they get the it's when they get the CRISPR technology in there and they're shaving this and they're adding that from another species like, you know, injecting the corn DNA with 
with the bacteria that actually prevents the pests from eating it and surviving, then you go, wait a minute, that's, that's not the way nature would do it. So. Right. Okay. So to everyone listening, if that wasn't motivation enough to start growing some of your own food, I don't know what is, uh, but, but last, <laughs> but last summer, I remember uh, at least in where I am in Southern Ontario, there was like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm assuming it was everywhere where there was like shortage of produce at the grocery store. And also there was just kind of like the fear of the scarcity as well which and also people had more time which allowed them to grow but yes. but there was a real uh, there's a huge movement uh, around with women my age you know moms with um with little children who are starting these backyard gardens um that most of us i don't think would have ever considered before and those who are not um i think they're curious but they're just like oh my gosh like i wouldn't even know where to start and that's why i really am so excited to bring you to everyone to say okay like what are those first steps in in, in what seems to be such a a big project and it can be quite daunting, but it shouldn't be. Um, I love the aspect of seeds that they're so forgiving. You just put them in the ground and they will grow. And so uh, it doesn't have to be complicated. I know that people have their yards in there, their showpieces, and they love that space and they wanna really enjoy it. Um, and most people grow for beauty. But if you have been growing flowers, you can grow food and they can be side by side and they will totally benefit in all ways. Mm -hmm. And it depends on the space that you have also, but start small, start with containers. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Um, it could be a box. It can be an old tool box or it can be, you know, a wooden box that you got something in and now you're converting it into growing vegetables. Like it doesn't have to be an expensive thing. And if you're growing lawn, it's probably going to grow vegetables. Um, it's <laughs> just point. the chemical aspect that I want to get away from in the lawns. Lots of people don't like dandelions, blah, blah, blah. So there may be chemicals in your lawn. And so you may want to bring in some dirt in some kind or you know, find a farmer that is, is farming organically or without a lot of spray and get some manure or get some yeah. mushroom compost, Yeah. you know, um, and just, it's as easy as ripping open that bag and planting right in the bag. Like you don't even have to have <laughs> a space, you know, it could be up against your fence and you just want to water those bags, put those plants in and away you go. Like There you go. So you guys simple. just go. <laughs> Put the seeds in the bag all today. Denise, this is this is already amazing. It's actually so last summer, this is me just intuitively, I guess. I don't know if you would say that, but just like really being okay. Like I'm not a perfectionist, so that really helps my process. But I was like, I'm just gonna see what happens, kind of thing. Um, okay. but I did, I found like an old bookshelf on the side of the road. And I was like, oh, that's another planter for me. Like that's where my mind was going was a new planter and literally just tipped it on its, you know, tipped it over and put dirt in it. Um, just drilled a couple holes in it. And then it was, it was a, it was a bed for, um, for veggies. Perfect. Awesome. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of ways you could do it, but I did start like over the years I've been doing planters and I was like, I'm not ready for the ground yet. <laughs> I'm not ready. 
and then like they got the my dad actually he he built a little uh section of the garden and then this year I got I did I did spend money I did got get the elevated big trundle um uh, that that looks amazing and all these things, but I think it's really empowering to know that you can start small and and imperfect and messy. Yes, exactly. And I think all I want people to do is try and yeah. do one thing. So if you had one tomato and you grew that little baby and and put it out and had that first ripe tomato, just as you know, the flavor is off, off the charts. Yeah. And, and it has to do with your energy and, and the input that you're putting into that plant, of course, sure. but it also has to do with just being willing and, the, and, and providing space for that to grow. And you will be rewarded, you know, like, um, my husband often gives me the gears because I keep pepper plants in our greenhouse. And of course, by the time the end of September comes, you've got to run that heat to keep things going here. And so we had these beautiful pepper plants till the end of November. And he's like, well, how much money is that cost you to, to have those peppers? But I'm like, yeah, but look at how beautiful. But look at these peppers. Are. I know that. I know that's why I, I was like buying the dirt in the big garden. I was like, I'm pretty sure I am spending more than if I went to the grocery store. But it doesn't have to be like it's that. Guys. It's so yeah. rewarding. Okay, so yeah. Denise, is there any yeah. yeah getting back to the lawn thing yeah. so it um you know like old plastic bags that you have and you just lay them out and put a, a box around it and uh you know fill it with leaves and stick and and then those things compost on the bottom and then you can just put that layer of dirt on the top and that could be uh, um you know dirt that you get from anywhere um it could be a different section of your lawn that you're digging up and leaving or whatever it is you know mm -hmm. like just you don't want the grass to grow through the bottom is what i'm trying to say so the plastic does help with that but obviously we don't want a lot of plastic in our diet so keep it at the bottom and it will um kill the grass and then later you can just remove it at any point that's a really bed, good like, tip. That's a great know, tip. Yeah. I love that. So, so far we, I mean, you, you very casually mentioned like the old toolbox, um, you know, an old um, box you're not using, the, the bookshelf, um, just plastic, plastic bag, sticks and leaves. Then you put your dirt on top and you can grow like that too. Yeah. And then um, of course, as that stuff composts, it'll kind of sink down a little bit. You just add fresh dirt, fresh leaves like work it in as much organic matter as you can add to that soil is the nutrition and it's just the air porosity in the soil that you want all those kinds of things okay so let's just give people like a list of kind of a, an easy little pseudo blueprint for a garden so maybe they have a very small space so like, okay i'm going to try to grow my veggies what are the ones that you would recommend they start with and and, and how should they be a range in terms of what's next to what? So you always want to plan your garden with the thought that those plants need at least eight hours of direct sun a day. Okay. So wherever that is, um, more is better, obviously. Uh, you don't want it super, super hot, but you can, you can mitigate that with more moisture or, you know, whatever, more compost in the soil to kind of protect it a little bit, or you can put mulch over the top. 
but that's the first aspect. So we choose your spot. And then, as you know, it's never going to be big enough. But for your first year, just stick to what you think you can handle. And if that's just um, three by three foot area, that's enough to grow your radishes and on your lettuce and, you know, some spinach. And then when those are done, you can reseed things like beans and peas. So you can transition a garden that way as well to get mm. more things as the heat comes on, because all those things I mentioned earlier, like the cool, you can start to plant spinach, lettuce and radishes, even when the snow is melting, like they like it cool. Okay. They don't like it hot. So the sooner you can get those things in the ground, the better. And then you can plant them again in the fall later on when it's cooling down and the heat isn't there anymore. Otherwise, they just bolt. You don't end up getting a lot and you want to mm. make sure that you're you can transition your garden that way. I did not realize you could plant twice in the garden. <laughs> I thought like you planted and that's what you're going to get. <laughs> Lots of us don't do that because we're kind of like, oh, I don't want to, you know, kill those plants but and and of course if you're going to save for seed you're going to leave them go to seed but okay. if you're just doing it for yourself and starting out small and you just want to eat a few things here and there that's the way I would go for sure okay amazing yeah. now what about like a couple fun tricks and tips in terms of like nourishing your garden I've been putting the calcium the, mag <laughs> the magnesium calcium in the soil is that is that crazy no, no, that's good. You can totally do that. I mean, it might be an expensive way to go, <laughs> but you can also probably go to the health food store. There's a product called um, Diatomaceous Earth, which they use for internal parasite cleansing. They use it a lot out here as a supplemental calcium source for cattle and things like that. So I buy okay. it by the 25 pound bag. Wow. Um, it's good to put in the soil, but it's also good if you're growing cauliflower, broccoli, and you have those cabbage moths on there. Oh. You can dust with that. It's totally non-toxic. Um, just don't breathe it, obviously, because it's ground up seashells is what it is. Oh. And uh, so that, that's a readily available source of calcium, but it will be a way to mitigate those worms. It's It kind of they crawl over it and it nicks their outer coating. So then they dehydrate, basically. It's like having a cut that they can't heal. Um, other than that, I cover things with a row cover. But as far as amendments, your leaves will work. If you're, if you're doing your lawn clippings all the time, put them in your soil. It's, it's readily available nitrogen. It breaks down like really quickly and it uh, helps just the soil be that much richer. Wow. You can also put it on the surface and keep it cool that way, keep it moist. Anything you can do to mulch your garden, as you know, uh, with straw or anything else, will uh, eventually break down and just work into the soil and you're feeding it all the time from the top. I like how you said, as you know, like I know that. <laughs> <laughs> See, see, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm faking it till I make it here. I'm fooling Denise. Oh my God, that's so funny. 
Okay, so um, where do we go to get seeds? I know that you are the seed lady and I, I wanna get the best possible seeds for my garden. I definitely didn't save seeds. I didn't even know that was a thing. So I'm going to have to look into that later this fall, right? Yes. No, do I save the bean first? How's this work? Um, yeah, so we talked a bit about if you want to start to save your own seeds, it's pretty simple. It's time consuming though, and space consuming. Okay. So if you just want to eat, like I said, just, just eat the stuff. But if you want to start experimenting with saving your own seed, it's as simple as leaving one plant at the end of the bean row that you don't pick, just put a ribbon around it, tell the whole family, don't pick beans off that. Okay. And then that one will continue to ripen those beans. And then you'll see they start to turn brown and dry up. Um, if you're going to get frost into the late, into, we do rather early here, but you guys should be all right to, to totally let those beans dry on the plant. Yeah. And then pull the whole plant and let it dry even further pull the beans pods off and shell them out and dry them again. You can do that all winter on your windowsill or on your top of your fridge or somewhere that you know they're going to stay nice and dry. Yeah. Um, and then bag them in a little Ziploc bag and label them, of course, always label everything. And then they're there for next year for you to use. Same with peas. Wow. If you want to let one spinach plant go to seed you'll see all the way along the stems they have the little balls of spinach seed yeah they're I so never easy knew what that was. so easy oh my gosh yeah. this is amazing okay um okay i feel like i, I get i'm like the confidence piece like i'm like i'm still afraid i'm going to do something wrong or the soil's not good enough but like what you said earlier it's like plants are seeds are very forgiving you said yes and it's easy to tell if your soil is not quite rich enough and that could be it's indicated by the color of the plant if it's not that vibrant rich green color it's kind of on mm. the yellowy side yeah chances are you may not have enough magnesium or calcium but usually it's just if you keep amending with leaves and grass clippings you'll never find that the soil will just continue to get richer and richer okay so, and um, I, I feel like I have a million questions, but in terms of soil, is, is it really important to get organic soil? Well, it, it can be depending on, um, obviously you don't wanna get it from an industrial site or anything like that. So that's mm -hmm. when you're buying soil, you need to check that out for sure. Um, if you're going if to like um, the garden center. Yeah. That should be okay. Most of the soil mixes are peat moss. They're called a soilless mix for a reason that they would be um, without soil. So without contamination, possibly a mix of peat moss and things that give it porosity and other things. But if you're not going to an organic soil mix, there will be uh, surfactants and other things in there that help the peat moss hold the water. As you know, mm. peat moss, straight peat moss really doesn't suck up moisture all that well until it's yeah. been incorporated really well. So there's things in there, but you know, it's up to you how far you can go with that. The organic stuff isn't that much more a bag really. 
and uh, you shouldn't need that much but you know well-rotted manure is very easy to come by it's it's a product that is fairly safe <laughs> as long as they haven't sprayed the manure pile or something like that which yeah they could have done yeah the mushroom compost I'm excited I pick up my I picked up mine today <laughs> Yeah, and you may even have like some mushrooms that come up in the middle of your rows as a result. Oh, that'd be exciting. <laughs> oh my gosh, so exciting. Um, okay, so back to the seeds, back to the seeds. Okay, so we yeah. didn't save our seeds. We need our seeds. Um, yeah, I mean, you can buy seeds probably at the grocery store, many different places. Can you tell us about what you guys offer in terms of seeds and how how they should go about ordering and planning and what to look for? Yeah, so we um, we can advise new beginner gardeners um, on seed, of course, but you can find us at abernarseeds.com and that is A-B-U-N-A-D-H seeds.com. You can find our catalog uh, there. We're also at Gmail at that address. But another really good source, um, because we're in Alberta, we have a, a really short season. So we grow the things that will ripen to seed in our zone, which is only a 90 day, 90 to 120 day frost free zone. Wow. But we're in Northern Alberta. So we get a lot of summer sun. We get like 18 hours at the okay. peak of the summer. So we can grow a lot of things that way. But there's um, Seeds of Diversity Canada is sort of like this conglomerate, if you want to call that. It's a nonprofit, but it's where everyone that saves seed and is concerned about saving seed in Canada connects with. They have their own seed bank, but they have they offer the seedy Saturday and Sunday events all the way across Canada, which are all virtual this year. Okay. So they start in February, March, April, but if you go to their site, you can find anybody that's selling seed in on their listing. And they are all of the like mind that I am, that people should have their own seed. And all of those seeds are going to be open pollinated or heirloom, which the vital piece of that is then whatever you save is going to look like its parents. If mm. you save a hybrid seed, it's going to look like whatever crosses they use to create that seed in the first place. It mm. may not be the seed you're looking for, okay. but, and it may be sterile, depending on how they created it, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. You may not even be able to save your own seed from that, but that's not always an indicator. It just could have been a cross. For instance, in two peppers, when they have a hybrid pepper, you can save seed from that, but it may not look like the pepper that you started with, but you'll get some kind of pepper out of it. And it'll be yeah. an interesting variety of crosses and you can find the one that you like. So that's yeah. always fun too. Okay, Abenar Seeds. The link will be in the show notes, you guys. So definitely check that, that out and, um, and definitely talk to Denise on um, Instagram. Go follow her. That will also be in the show notes. Um, one last thing I want to talk to you about, I mean, I could talk to you for hours because you're so much fun. Um, <laughs> but... I've seen a lot of kind of like DIYs recently, again, me looking on Instagram, gardening tips and tricks and stuff about growing your food from scraps. Is that a reliable thing like kitchen scraps? You can do that with um, things like celery and cab. Well, cabbage will go to seed. Mm. 
Uh, mm -hmm. Celery will regrow, lettuce will regrow, though it may or may not go to seed. The thing that with all those things, carrots, for instance, won't grow another carrot if you just save the top, but it will likely go to seed and you'll get carrot seed from it. Because when things yeah. like that rely on a second season oh. to create seed, and if they're chilled between the time that they grew and the time that they're now growing again, in the grocery they store, they will always yeah. go to seed. Right. So so that's what's happening because the plant has to go through a pretend winter. And we do that for it by doing the chilling thing, right? Okay. So uh, that's why some years, if we get that cool summer and it's not really great, some things will go to seed right away. Like when we get the heat again, that's what's happening. It's, it's thinking, oh, it was cool for a while. So winter must be over. And now I, I put out my seed. Okay, so, what what would you say out of like all the different things that they would buy at the grocery store would be the most reliable thing to try to regrow to put in their garden? Um, most reliable? Well, if you're buying organic potatoes, you of course can plant them. As soon as they're starting to sprout and go green, put yeah. them in your garden, like grow them and see what happens. If they have been treated with a sprout inhibitor, then it wouldn't be an organic potato and and you may or may not be able to grow it. Um, hmm. that you guys think about that potato, right? So whenever I buy organic potatoes, which is whenever they're available, um, sweet potatoes or regular potatoes, they will just sprout in the pantry. Right. Yes. So once they're yeah. they start to sprout, I could just take one of them and just plop it in the garden. Yeah. Or you okay. can cut it so that you have three eyes where it's sending sprouts out is called the eye. If and you the have three eyes on each piece. Yeah. Okay, so plant you, the you really only need up. one sprout. Yeah. But if you have, if you have, um, you'll see if you look wherever there's a dent or wherever sprout comes from yeah. on the potato is an eye. It okay. will send up a shoot from there and create potatoes off of that stem. So you can cut the potato straight in half as long as you have three eyes on each piece. Okay. You can plant it. And that's my Irish grandpa's trick. Always three eyes on each piece. Okay. <laughs> because if one of the eye doesn't come as as a sprout, you still have the others to you kind need of two eyes. On, so. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> and the I sweet actually... potatoes you guys could definitely do in your area. I can't do it here. We don't get enough heat. We don't get enough season. So, okay. I actually did happens. the, um, sorry, I didn't the uh, ginger last year. I just took a piece of ginger, yes. soaked it. And then I grew so much ginger. I just put it in a big pot and the fall I was nice. able to harvest it. Yeah. I think you could probably, um, you know, regrow green onions from just the bottoms. Um, even onions themselves may come. I don't know. And or the tops for sure. Like if you have the green parts and you leave a little of the onion and just kind of put it on the surface of the soil, it may send out roots. Um, celery you can probably do, like we said. Um, trying to think what other food. Most of the rest of the fruit, the food that you're thinking of, like peas and beans, they're all the fruiting part of the plant. So not the plant itself. Got it. But um, as you know, you can get a cutting off your tomato or your pepper and repot it in the fall to carry over for the winter. 
I have some over there that were whole plants that I'm keeping alive through the winter and interested to see what they do the second year. So see, it's all, it all seems like just so much fun. They're just like a big experiment and like, what's going to come? Yeah. What's going to grow? How much am I going to get? This is, a, it's so exciting. Okay. So Denise, there's a few other things I want to talk to you about. I know we've already been chatting for a while, but, um, so we, we've really been focusing on food security and also the fun and joy of gardening and, uh, and how that can be just so nourishing as a busy mom to spend some time in the dirt you know it's so grounding in terms of just like the peace of it all you can get your children involved um having Absolutely. that the fresh produce at the dinner table like my husband and the boys were like this is the best salad i ever had you know it was so rewarding um okay so outside of that you are also drawn to another area of nutrition um cellular nutrition and that's that's how you and i met was through our partnership with usana so why, so knowing like you obviously eat so well, you grow this beautiful, nutritious food. Why did you feel it was important also to supplement? Well, you know, when I, when I was first introduced to Usana, as I said, it was over 20 years ago. And I thought like most people do that I talked to, oh, I'm healthy. Like I don't need that necessarily. But um, when I looked into the background of, of what it is that we're missing in our food and why mm -hmm. it's not there. It made so much sense to me because I know how farming works these days. I know how farmers treat their plants or, or their crops as a business and how they are concerned with the bottom line like everyone else is. Of course, there's a resurgence back to soil health, but for a while there when I was first looking at this, I could see there was a massive depletion in the soil for years mm -hmm. and years and years. You can't farm the same piece of land and not put back. And right. what we're doing is taking, 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 and, and the plants need nutrition to grow. And after years and years and years of that, if you're always taking off the harvest and the straw and the hay, like, what are you putting back? What's going right. back there? And so that wasn't really a part of the picture back then. And I, and I saw it in my own health. I saw that when I supplemented with this quality brand, I noticed a change in my own health that I didn't think was possible. Mm -hmm. And so that's to me is what I want to share with people when they say, well, I'd love to get everything from my diet. I'm doing everything I can to get it from my diet and it's not enough. Mm -hmm. So, you know, unfortunately, the way the world is right now, we have to supplement, we just yeah. cannot not do it, or we're going to suffer the consequences in our health later on. And that's the thing a lot of people don't know that missing piece also is that cancer and heart disease and stroke and diabetes are all diet related they are it's mm -hmm. it's what you're missing it's what your body's trying to fight against but it can't over years of a lack of nutrition so we get mm -hmm. enough food we get enough calories but mm -hmm. we don't get enough nutrition from our food unfortunately and that that even goes for organic it's it's improving for sure for sure you're going to get more out of organic than regular stuff but you're not going to get enough. So please, please, please do your own homework and research it for yourself and give it a try. I mean, what have you got to lose? Just whatever pains you're 
currently experiencing. <laughs> you could lose the pains. <laughs> oh, well, you guys, there you go. You heard it from an organic farmer herself who knows how to grow food, knows how to grow a lot of nutritious food and save the seeds. And she's still supplementing. So we better supplement. <laughs> and back to what you said about gardening, Krista, and with kids. I mean, it's so vital. They want to know that stuff. They yeah. they see that the miracle of life that comes from being involved. And it doesn't matter how they do it. They can throw the seeds over the side and they don't cover them. It doesn't matter. You just help them out a little bit and say, this is why we do this. And and then to watch their face when they pull that first radish. And that's why you want to start with radishes because it's only 28 days till they're ready. Okay. And so, you know, uh, and lettuce, pretty much the same. Kids can see those things growing and they're like, wow, like it was such a tiny seed. And now look at it, you know, like it's so, it's just so enriching, like you say, and, and vital for them to know where their food comes from and yeah. how it's created. You know? Absolutely. My boys had, uh, you know, so much fun and they lose interest, you know, just to be honest, like they'll lose interest in some of the chore part of it, but, but then they, they can see their peppers, they can see everything. And it's like, it's, it's such a beautiful lesson. Yeah. I need some, so I need some radish mulch, seeds. Your weeding is going to be way, way less. <laughs> mulch, mulch, mulch. Cause I know that. Okay. <laughs> um, Denise, any final words of wisdom? This can be from an Irish wisdom, this could be a gardener's wisdom, whatever you want to share. Any last final words to close? Um, just um, enjoy, just enjoy whatever you're doing. Don't be fearful about trying something new. Just go in it with that childlike enthusiasm and, and it'll work out. And yes. may the road always rise to meet you. Mm. May the ground be may the sun shine on your days for the rest of your life oh beautiful thank you so much denise for your time and let's get planting everyone make sure you tag denise and tag me and then we want to see what you're growing this season this summer Absolutely. and all year long <laughs> thanks denise <laughs> thanks everybody you bet bye-bye Thanks for listening, and if you found value in this episode or know someone that you think would find it interesting, please pass it along. That is the biggest, best compliment that you can give me by sharing this podcast so we can help more women and men connect with that feeling, that knowing, that certainty that they've got this. Talk to you guys soon.